0: Hey guys, this is Mike Pan of the Binding Warrior Podcast. Today is your Finish Strong Friday episode of the week. Uh, So today I want to talk about racism or prejudice specifically, prejudice. And not just prejudice and racism um, from whites against people of color or people of color against whites. I think that's usually what we think of when it comes to racism. But I want to talk about racism in the Filipino community, racism and prejudice in our own community, among our own people. And this is something very common and something that not many Filipino-Americans or Filipinos want to discuss, but this is something that is extremely prevalent in our community. I think it needs to be said because um, as a father of two Filipino-American boys, um, as the son of Filipino immigrants, I think it's important for me to address this because I'm still seeing it and I know there's going to come a time where I need to tell my sons about this, where they're going to experience this themselves in some capacity uh, when interacting with Filipinos from the mainland the mainland Philippines, right? Um, And I want to talk about that today. So I want to talk about uh, a few things that I experienced growing up and some things I think that we need to do to kind of fix it, right? To kind of rectify it. So uh, growing up, I grew up as the child of Filipino immigrants, as I said. Um, I grew up in a mostly predominantly white town uh, with a good sized a well-sized Hispanic community within it. There were Filipinos in my town, but we were all few and far between at the time, right in the 80s and 90s. So there weren't many of us. And I I remember growing up feeling out of place. I never really felt out of place among the whites or the Hispanics as much to be frank. I didn't really feel out of place with them. I never had blatant racism thrown my way from people outside of my community. But I did see it within my community. And I remember when I was in middle school, I want to say maybe it was like late elementary school, like fifth grade into sixth grade. At some point there, I was part of a uh, Filipino youth church group at the time. And I remember at the time, um, these Filipino kids calling me a coconut. And I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't recognize what they were saying to me. And I heard this term again later on in 7th and 8th grade and I heard it when I moved back to the US after a, a short uh, stay in Thailand, Southeast Asia in my high school years and it came, I came to find out that the word coconut in this particular case was referring to me in a derogatory way from other Filipinos they were calling me brown on the outside but white on the inside alright, so basically saying that I'm Filipino, I look Filipino, I'm brown, but I have like a very American, white American voice, and the truth is I love rock music, and I love country music, and things like that, so, you know, they would call me a coconut, right, and it was a derogatory word, and I even heard this recently, uh, several years ago as an adult, I think I was about 32, 33 years old when this was told, by a Filipino student in one of my FMA classes, (laughs) and he called me a coconut to my face, and, uh, Long story short, he regretted it later. Uh, a sparring match or two later, he realized his le- he learned his lesson. Let's just put it that way. Um, so, I've I've not experienced I have not experienced racism or prejudice much outside of my community. I've experienced it. I I have, but those instances are few and far between in comparison to the amount of of uh, racism and colorism and prejudice that I've experienced in my own community. Right, so the coconut situation, that was something that I lived with most of my life living in America. Now let's talk about the other way around, being in the Philippines. I remember there was a particular instance when I was living in Southeast Asia. I was living in Thailand at the time, as I mentioned before, my mother um, got a job working overseas and in, in, in Bangkok, Thailand, and we lived there for three years. But we would go back and forth between Manila and Bangkok, visiting family in Manila on our, on our summer break, spring break, Christmas breaks, and going back to Bangkok uh, for schooling. And I remember there was this one instance when I was in the Philippines where we were waiting for our tables. I can't remember the name of the restaurant we were in, uh, but I was in high school at the time. And I remember they kept us waiting, right? Um, they didn't seat us. But they kept seating these white visitors, these white tourists. I don't know if they were European, I don't know if they were American or Canadian, whatever, but they they were white Caucasian families and they were seating them ahead of us. And my father pointed out that, you know, we've been here longer. There's more of them actually. The size of their groups were way larger than ours. We were only five of us, but they decided to seat them ahead. And my mom and dad called these individuals out on this in the Philippines, These Filipino hostes, this Filipino hostess saying, listen, you're seating the white people ahead of us and you think they're more important because we're just these Filipinos, right? But they're gonna pay more supposedly because they're white, so you're seating them ahead of us. And they got into this huge verbal altercation and we left, long story short, we left. And I was really upset about this. I remember getting really emotional about, about this. I was about freshman year in high school. I got really emotional and upset about this. And my dad said not to worry about it because it's not the first time it's gonna happen. And it's not the only time it's gonna happen. And I realized then that even in the Philippines, there was racism among our own people toward our own people, that if you have lighter skin, if you are Western, you're given preferential treatment over the people in your own community, all right? Now I'm all for hospitality, I'm all for welcoming visitors and I have friends and and brothers and sisters from all different races and religions and ethnic backgrounds and things like that, but when I see that, when I see preferential treatment over people that are not, because simply because they assume that they're gonna pay more just because they're of a certain color or a certain social class, that's an issue. And we see this often in our community to this day in advertising, right? If you look at the Filipino ads, like I was watching these Jolly. just go on YouTube and watch the commercials for Jollibee. None of these actors or actresses look like actual Filipinos. They're extremely Western looking, which is, by the way, is nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that in itself, all right? But they're extremely Western looking and they are dressed like Americans and they don't look anything like the native Filipinos in their culture. And there's this subconscious programming in a Filipinos that their brown skin isn't good enough or it's not going to be as good as white American skin. And again, there's nothing wrong with being white. There's nothing wrong with being light-skinned. My wife is (laughs) light-skinned, you know? Um, And I'm very dark-skinned. But my, 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 my issue is that we as Filipinos tend to give preferential treatment over people who may appear more Western. And that's an issue with me. I take issue with that. And on the other side of the token, like I was talking about the coconut situation, when I was being called a coconut my whole life growing up, um, there's prejudice against our people, toward our own people, for not being Filipino enough. So either you're given favor for not being Filipino enough, or you're given hate for, for not being Filipino enough, and there's no in-between. Either you're a coconut or whatever, and it, it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of leeway in there. And so, for some reason, our people look at a, a lot at ra- like the color of the skin, You know, if you have brown skin, you're poor. If you have fair skin, you're wealthy. You know, that whole kind of concept. And that is a result of colonialism. But I want to even say it goes deeper than that. I can't put all... uh, Filipino, like Gen Zers, for instance, and millennials want to put all of the blame on Spanish colonialism. Like the Spanish were like these evil, evil people that came to our country. And, you know, before that we were this beautiful utopia. But that's not the case. If you actually look objectively at Filipino history, we all know that's not the case. Racism has always been part of our culture. Uh, Tribalism has always been part of our culture. Before the Spanish showed up, we were fighting and killing each other, tribe against tribe. It's been going on forever. <laughs> Even before the Chinese showed up, you know, before the Muslims showed up, we were doing that to one another. Filipinos are really good at killing one another and fighting one another in combat. That's what we've been doing for thousands of years. And I think being that we're in a different era now in the modern world with technology and kind of like these first world privileges, that kind of tribalism and that kind of mindset is transferred over to other things right negative things and i think it's important to address this and i'm not saying i have a solution for this i'm not going to come out of this podcast episode with a solution but i need to make it known that this exists right and the thing is a lot of filipinos back in the philippines often mock me i get emails and dms from filipinos and filipino martial artists in the philippines who like to throw hate my way and i guess people like myself who teach filipino martial arts uh, for, uh, for Professionally, and um, you know, if you're Filipino American, you're not really a Filipino martial artist because you didn't grow up in the Philippines, you don't speak the Galaga, all these things. There's a, th- a few things I'll say to that, uh, but one of the things I would say to that is that P- Filipinos w- will want to be the first to attack other Filipinos for things. I don't have a grand solution to fix that, but the one thing I would say is that about being American, one of the benefits about being an American, in my particular opinion, is that I'm, I've been raised to see, not see color and not see prejudice. Like prejudice is a bad thing in our culture. Our history in America has a lot of racism in it and a lot of uh, xenophobia in it. But in this era, in the era I grew up in as a child, in the era I'm in now, racism has always been abhorred. It's always been uh, bad. And I've been raised to not go that way to not view people by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, quoting Martin Luther King Jr., right? So I think it's important for us to kind of adopt an American stance on this. You know, uh, one of the uh, sayings of Americans, um, E Pluribus Unum, right? Which translates to, out of the many, one. And the Filipinos, like the Americans, are a very diverse people. Right? If you go from one island to the other in the Philippines, you'll see a great level of diversity in language and food and dress and in custom in, in uh, cultural differences. In America it's very similar. You know, if I go to Texas, for instance, in North Texas, I'll I'll just take Texas as an example. I can go from the North Texas area in Dallas and Fort Worth area, right? And I'll drive down to say Houston. Same state, completely different cultures. If I go to the Houston culture, right, I stay there for a while and I move over to El Paso for a bit, which is in the Western uh, border of Texas toward Mexico. Um, That's a completely different culture there as well. So there's a lot of diversity in the state of Texas alone, let alone the United States of America. But the thing is, we recognize that despite our differences, we are all part of the same team, right? Uh, The Olympics were done recently. and it wasn 't Team Texas or Team New Jersey or team Washington right It was team USA, and we have this sense in America that even though we are diverse, we are all part of one nation we 're all united, despite the political division that you 're seeing right now we 're still united right The Philippines has not seemed to gain that in my humble opinion i don 't see uh, that so much, and I, I see it evident to this day if you are on the, if you 're in the Filipino community, you know what i 'm talking about. You know, when I first met my, uh, my father, in, well, he, was gonna, he wasn't my father-in-law then, when I, when I sat down with my, my um, then girlfriend, now wife's father for the first time. The first question he asked me was what part of the Philippines my family were from. And this isn't a racist thing he asked me. It's a very common custom because Filipinos want to know what island you hail from because it may be a good or bad thing depending on where you come from. Okay, When I started dating my wife, when she was still my girlfriend, my dad asked me the same question. Where is this girl from? What part, is, what part of the Philippines is her family from? They want to know because that's a very Filipino thing, right? Is this person my ally or my enemy? Is this person part of an island I can respect or do I need to disrespect them? This is part of the Filipino culture, despite what the Filipino Gen Zers are trying to portray that the Spanish destroyed everything. In reality, it's not that simple. This, they did destroy quite a bit, but... This Nate, this attitude of ours has been in our culture for far too long, even before the Spanish was there, were there. So what I'm trying to say is that we as Filipinos, and I'm seeing this from a lot of Filipino Americans, especially the younger millennials and the Gen Z crowd, um, they are very quick to point out racism from whites toward Filipinos, right? Or this quote-unquote white supremacy that we saw during the Trump administration, which frankly was not really there. I mean, I'm not a fan of Trump myself, but Um, It it really wasn't there as much as the media was really trying to portray it as What is really prevalent is filipino on filipino racism filipino on filipino prejudice And if we're not willing to take an honest look at that an honest assessment of that We are not being honest with ourselves We are not being we're not acting in integrity with our with ourselves and trying to make sure that we are Uh trying to really make change Like I hear a lot of gen zers talking about how we have to stop white supremacy and all these things, but i'm like I've seen more Filipino on Filipino prejudice than I've seen white on Filipino prejudice. And that's from, not from my own experience, that's from my family's experience, that's from my students' experiences, that's my experiences as a Filipino-American who lived in the Philippines for quite some time and came back here. I could probably count on my hand the amount of uh, prejudice and racism I experienced from whites in this country. And maybe even less than one hand, maybe one or two fingers. <laughs> but the, the racism that I experienced in the Philippines And in my own Filipino community here in the United States, I don't have enough hands to count that, right? So if you want to really make a change in terms of recognizing racism against the Filipino community, look in the mirror first, Filipinos. Look in the mirror first. Like one of the things I'm very careful to do, and I'm very mindful of this because I was guilty of this in the past, is to refer to Filipinos from the Philippines who moved to America as fobs. I used to fall into that camp because, as a kid, that's what we called them—fresh off the boats, right? Uh, they had the accent. They were kind of, you know, they weren't really down with current pop culture. They didn't really understand the nuances of American culture. But here's the thing: I've—I don't use that term anymore because I realize how prejudiced and racist that is. I've grown up, but there's a lot of people, Filipino Americans my age, who have not. Right. So if you want to recognize and you want to do something about racism in our community, don't look outside of it. Look inside of it, starting with yourself. What biases? What prejudices are you holding against your own people? And I think once we are able to do that, I think once we're able to kind of figure that out, we'll be a lot better for it. And I think once you start looking at yourself as the, as the root of problems in your community, you actually begin to make a change because it's so easy for us to point the finger, myself included. It's so easy for me to point the finger. But it wasn't until I looked in the mirror and realized, wow, I'm calling these people fobs. Wow, I got a lot of these biases against these people. Until I'm able to look at myself, I really cannot change the world around me. Right? So let's start there. Start with us. Start with our community first and then work outward. All right, guys. So I hope this podcast inspired you, inspired you to think differently. Take care. God bless and be the hero in your life.